This is the last quarter of the 1981 qualifying final between Collingwood and Geelong as broadcast on 3AW on tape delay. The commentators are David Grant and Rex Hunt. The tape was provided to me by the great Tony Curtis to digitise. To start the last quarter at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, the qualifying final between Geelong and Collingwood, with the Cats leading 95 points to 69 and kicking in this term towards the Jollymont Inn. Williams takes the ball out of the centre. He's been quiet for the Magpies. Up forward they go, and uh, Irwin, diving, takes the mark. Warwick Irwin up towards full forward. Moore is there. Malarkey on him. Over the top of the big uh, Geelong high flyers. They get the ball down to ground. Bruce Nankervis wheels away from trouble. Out towards uh, looking for a peak, but uh, interception there. And it's... Uh, no, it's not Barham. It's on the other side. It's uh, Allen. Allen drives up towards the uh, forward line. Moore goes up. That's a great mark. Cradled the ball to his chest. Smaller player in Malarkey in front of him. And Moore just went up and just scooped the ball off the top of the pack. Now that, if Collingwood have any chance in this last term, must be an inspiration to them to see their big skipper up there at the forward line. They have at last something to kick to, and he's 15 metres out directly in front. Towards the Richmond end, Collingwood have nine goals to 14 at this stage. Is this their 10? It's not. Well, it's been disaster for Collingwood. Their shooting for goal is abysmal, and Peter Moore was no more than 15 metres out and directly in front of goal. Collingwood moved to 9-16-70, Geelong 14-11-95, and uh, that in the first 30 seconds of play in the last term. Malarkey's got the ball, fullback for Geelong, and he kicks it out uh, right nearly to the centre of the ground, and then goes Jack Hawkins and takes the mark. 9-16-70 to do, uh, Collingwood and Geelong are 14-11-95 as uh, Hawkins kicks it up towards the uh, centre-half forward position. Coming through for Collingwood was Worthington, a bit slow today. Finally, the ball comes out towards uh, Barham. Barham spins around and kicks it back towards uh, the centre wing position. Over the top for Collingwood was, uh, uh, it was Taylor. He gets a hand pass across towards Tony Shaw. Tony Shaw kicks it towards Billy Pickin and Billy tries to do a run, but he's caught holding the ball. Yes, he was penalised correctly there. Jeffrey's a good tackle. But I thought Billy tried to do too much in front of the big crowd and he's been penalised for holding the ball. Paul Jeffries, the big strong left footer for Geelong today. Playing in the back pocket now. He kicks a beautiful looking spiral punt kick down towards the centre wing position. Over the back for Geelong was Reynoldson. Finally come down towards uh, Worthington. The scramble of players and umpire Soares is going to bounce the ball. Two and a half minutes into this final quarter with uh, Geelong 25 points in advance of Collingwood. Quite a good bounce. Reynoldson against Atkin. Atkin gets it out, but it goes straight towards Bruce Nankervis. Nankervis spins around and kicks it with a left foot kick into the centre of the ground, but Andrew Smith, number 54, Collingwood, has come in and taken the mark in front of Whitcomb and kicks it down towards Sinar forward looking for Kink. Kink played poorly, but it came out towards Shaw. He tapped it across towards Wiedemann, back towards Shaw. Shaw lines up with a poor kick, but it's gone down towards the forward pocket of Nguyen. Warwick Irwin, a former Fitzroy player, Crossed to Collingwood this year, number seven, and he's got a chance to put his first goal on the board and uh, advance Collingwood by six points to the Geelong score of 14-11-95. And Irwin is around about 10 metres out from goal. Pretty severe angle, but he's on his right foot, and a player of his experience should score from here. He kicks it poorly. 
Collingwood are in the horrors at the MCG this afternoon. Three and a half minutes gone. Nine goals, 17-71 to Collingwood. They trailed Geelong 14-11-95, and that's the 3AW Marlowe scoreboard. Gary Malarkey taps the ball to his boot. Faints the hand pass to uh, Blake, who was uh, standing at centre-half back, and then goes for the long kick. Back towards the centre, up goes Wiedemann, flies high from behind, can't take purchase on the ball. In comes Little Bruns, scoops the ball back behind him, almost a throw, picked up by, uh, oh, Williams handed the ball out of the pack towards Toomey, but uh, Ray Shaw takes the ball, but they haven't any definite plan in attack, and Whitcomb sweeps the ball out of defence for uh, Geelong. Over towards the half-forward line, coming across is is Lunn. Lunn right across towards centre wing. The long hand pass finds Whitcomb. Whitcomb has nowhere to go. Now he goes in towards the centre. Bruce Nancurvis in front. Has the ball knocked away by Atkin. Atkin is being held. And the free kick. Good decision. Atkin obviously inconvenienced there. He uh, really was trying to get the ball. Held by one arm and spears the ball up towards centre half back. Right to the opposition player in Blake. And Blake comes out of defence with the hand pass to Nan Curvis. Bruce and Bruce goes across towards half forward flank and the mark taken over there. Gee, they're a strong marking team and this is young Mark Yates. Yates half forward in front of the members stand. Looking for Mossop. Mossop in front beyond the ball uh, though. It goes across the top of the pack. Chance for Reynoldson. There are three uh, Collingwood players there. Magro had the opportunity of hand-passing to one of his teammates, banged the ball through the behinds, and it's a score to Geelong. Now, they trailed then by 25 or 24 points. You'd have thought that every point was precious to them, particularly when he had assistance. Worthington out of defence with the kick. Looking for Kink. Nice mark, Kink. In front of Boz. No, two it is. And Kink, a strong mark, back towards the centre of the ground. Picking in front, from behind is Hawkins. Juggling mark by both players attempted. Bruns picks it up, back towards centre-half forward. Here's Reynoldson, unattended. How many marks is that? That must be eight for him. Gee, he's been a great player today, the young fellow at centre-half forward. Outpointing Pickin first and now Worthington and has the chance to score from Ge for Geelong from 35 metres out directly in front to, to the uh, Jollymont end. The kick by Reynoldson will not make the distance. Blake is out-positioned and uh, really was stretching at about 45 degrees and eventually the, uh, the ball knocked out of his hands and out of play. So the Cats lead 96 points to 71 on the down scoreboard after five minutes of play last term. Blake versus Atkin. Blake again down towards Neil, but it comes out towards uh, Byrne. Byrne to Shaw. Back to Toomey. It was poor play because uh, Featherby came in and smothered Toomey's kick, and this is the way Collingwood are playing at the moment. They're playing without confidence, David. The ball's thrown back in again. Blake again. Taps it on looking for Bruce Nancurvis. Ball came, comes out towards Turner, who's pushed off balance. His kick goes astray. Oh. Into the hands of Andrew Smith, who takes a classical mark. Off balance, and he's going to get himself into trouble. He's run too far. Yes, he ran around in circles. And that's lack of talk by the Collingwood players, because there was no one there, no one to give it to. And if ever there was a big hole, Andrew Smith would want it to swallow him up. Featherby goes in with a spiral punt. He's really given a bit of a roost. But 50 metres out to see it going through for Geelong's 13th behind. On the 3AW Marlowe scoreboard, 14 goals, 13, 97 Geelong. The Collingwood 9-17-71 as McCormick kicks the ball back into play. In seven minutes of play in the last term, no goals yet. Kink tries to outride the pack there. Williams tries to burrow his way through. And uh, umpire Robinson on this occasion has called for the bounce. It's been all Geelong. 
since uh, 16 minutes into the first term when Collingwood led by five goals to one. Now Bruns, who's now started to uh, be an influence on the, the, uh, the roving division because he's taken over from uh, Tony Shaw, drives it up towards full forward, but the mark taken for one of the few occasions that Mossop's been outmarked, and it was marked by uh, McCormick, but there's uh, a penalty now going Collingwood's way, and Andrew Smith will take it. Smith, to my mind, has been one of Collingwood's very good players today, and few very good players. Smith back towards centre field. Mossop now on the ball. So I probably did him an injustice a moment ago because McCormick outmarked the uh, Geelong forwards, and Mossop is being given a run on the ball. Tony Shaw taps it forward. Wiedemann can't get it free. Peak comes in, has the opportunity to hand pass to Mossop, but goes for the kick instead into the centre. Bruns is there, and so is Neil. Neil in front of the pack, coming through uh, to uh, lend a bit of weight was Mark Yates, but Collingwood coming forward now, picked up uh, for them uh, by Toomey, driven up towards centre half forward and Picken is there to take the mark. Picken now 30 metres out but uh, you wouldn't want to put your uh, last cent on this kick for goal. Toomey it wasn't it was Banks who got that ball up to Picken now Picken at 30 metres out directly in front of goal <laughs> taking plenty of time pulling up the socks Collingwood trail at this stage by 26 points Picken must goal it's coming back, it's coming in. Is it enough? It is. It's a goal. Good work, Billy. He really had to work very hard on that one, Rex. It must be difficult for Pickin because he's always been a poor kick. Yes, and he kicks so much uh, on the run, David, and to, uh, for a player to uh, kick a goal at this stage of the game was quite well done, Billy Pickin, and he's the one they want fire, and he's given the forward line plenty of bite. 20 points the difference now with uh, Collingwood moving to 10-17-77 and uh, Geelong 14-13-97 on the Downs and Sons scoreboard at the MCG. Ian Robinson puts it down. Stuart Atkin gets a knockout, but it goes straight towards Turner. He overruns the ball, and here comes Barham. Barham's taken a bounce and kicks it on the left foot, looking down there, but no one at home for Geelong, uh, for Collingwood rather. More out of position, and the mark's been taken by Paul Jeffries. Jeffries sees Malarkey run on nicely and kicks the ball to him. Malarkey takes the mark and gets a hand cross, pass across uh -huh. to Boz. Boz onto Whitcomb is good play, but Whitcomb drops the ball. He recovers nicely. Well tackled by Collingwood. A ball comes towards Dacos, who's had a bounce. Dacos lines them up from uh, about 50 metres out, but it's right across the face of goal and just sneaks in for a behind. And that's Collingwood's 17th behind on the 3RW Marlow scoreboard. And Collingwood now, actually, Collingwood's 18th behind. 10-18-78 to Collingwood. And they trail Geelong 14-13-97. And to put the ball in for Geelong is going to be Malarkey. Played well, Malarkey, and kicked out brilliantly. And this is no exception. A beautiful spiral punt. We'll go into the centre square. Up for Collingwood was picking. But there's been a mark taken uh, for Geelong. And you'll find uh, coming up with the ball now is Mark Yates, who's played well. There's no doubt about it. He's been one of Geelong's better players today. And he kicks it nicely down there looking for Turner. Turner's in front of Barham. Barham punches the ball away. In comes Magro to relief for Collingwood amidst the boos from the crowd once again. He kicks it down towards the centre-half forward position. In there for Geelong. And playing well was Jack Hawkins. He got a push in the back. And Jack Hawkins, the centre-half back, will relieve the pressure for Geelong. Toomey, the offending player there, as Hawkins takes the ball back towards centre-half forward at the Jollymont end. In front is Worthington, should have marked. And the penalty is going Geelong's way. Reynoldson from behind was grabbed by Atkin, and it was a good decision by umpire Soares. Reynoldson almost within scoring distance. 
No, it's going to fall well short. And the mark taken by Atkin. Oh, courageous mark too, because Turner was coming at him the other way. Now gets the hand pass free to McCormick. McCormick back towards half back flank. Banks in front. Knocked away and almost the mark taken by Mark Yates over the top. In comes uh, Reynoldson. Gee, he's put in some work on the ground as well. Back to Yates. Now... Out to uh, Nan Curvis. Nan Curvis up towards half forward, going very close to the line. It bounces just inside and comes back in. Turner, now Irwin, and a chance for Taylor to hand pass to Irwin. Tidy work by Taylor, that. Back towards centre wing. Kink from behind, thumps it away. Tui's in there, but uh, it's uh, all Collingwood at present with Barham picking it up. He'll have to get the hand pass. No, dummies the hand pass and then gets the kick away. Warwick Irwin's on the ground behind play. Mossop is there for uh, Geelong, meanwhile, on centre wing. But Collingwood now outnumbering uh, uh, Geelong in this uh, foray forward. It comes across towards Picken, who's doing well. Up towards Moore. Oh, spectacular mark up in the back line. <laughs> Malarkey? No, it's not. It's uh, Jeffries. A splendid mark riding high on the pack and he's been a great defender for the cats today back towards center wing and there's moss about marking the pack again gee they're a great uh, they're a great team comes across towards uh, yates yates up towards half forward line chance for reynoldson from behind knocked away by worthington down to the ground it comes again picked up for the cats by yates yates up towards the uh, forward pocket and turner comes across and takes the mark a few uh, Geelong players run around with their socks down. It was actually Tui coming out of defence who got it down to Yates. And uh, both of them on this member's flank with Warwick Irwin still in the hands of trainers. Turner going for goal. Just across the face and it'll be a minor score. But behind to Geelong, 14-14-98. They lead by 20 points with Collingwood 10-18-78 after 12 minutes into the final term in the qualifying final on 3AW at the at the, uh, the MCG. Irwin coming off the ground and Graham Allen coming on as McCormick kicks off. And kicks it well, looking for Toomey. Behind him was Peak and he knocked the ball to the ground. Lund picked it up and kicked it in towards the forward position. Runs uh, backing up well. Runs bang through uh, Geelong's 15th goal. And uh, even at this stage, 26 points is a lot to make up. 13 and a half minutes gone. And Collingwood now are 10-18-78, trailing Geelong. 15-14-104, the 3RW Marlowe scoreboard says really that Geelong have outplayed uh, Collingwood right from quarter time and they now have a really good advantage of 26 pointers. Umpire Robinson's coming in to bounce the ball. Well, that was Geelong's first goal for the quarter. It did, as Rex uh, just ind indicated, took, uh, take uh, 13 minutes. But there's no uh, significant impression being made by the Magpies, who in turn have added only one goal. They're coming forward now as Dacos gets a high tackle, and he'll take the ball. He could run away from the mark. No, the umpire making sure that he doesn't. Dacos goes back now, midway between centre and centre-half forward, with the Magpies kicking towards the Jollymont end. Uh, sorry, Richmond end, with the Cats kicking down towards the scoreboard end this term. Dacos, the swinging kick across towards the, the, uh, the forward pocket. And is that Atkin or is it Wiedemann? Atkin it is. Right in the forward pocket. He's uh, being juggled from one end of the ground to the other. He was in the back pocket a moment ago. Now forward pocket with a chance, definite chance to score. Only 20 metres out. The angle is quite acute. He's on his correct kicking foot. Goes for goal. And it's through. 
Good one by Stuart Atkin at the 14-minute mark. There is plenty of time for the uh, Collingwood side to win, but they really do seem to lack something positive in attack, Rex, whereas every time the Cats move forward, they have a definite plan. Yes, they, they lack a Mossop. There's no doubt about that. They lack somebody to take the game by the... Uh by the hair and give it a good shake. Perhaps if Pickin was a better kick, he could have done it. But uh, 15 minutes into this final quarter and uh, Geelong still looking pretty good at 20 points uh, in advance of Collingwood. And umpire Robinson comes in and bounces the ball. Mossop versus Moore. Moore decisively. Gets it down towards... Uh, it looked like Dacos, but coming in nicely for Geelong was Boz. He kicks it onto the centre wing position. It's Turner versus Dacos. Tony Shaw picks the ball up and gives it across to Taylor, and Taylor kicks it long to the half-forward flank, looking for Pickin, but behind him was Jack Hawkins. I thought he took the mark, but the ball came out towards the star of the match, John Mossop, and Mossop relieved to the centre wing only to see Ricky Barham take a mark in front of Michael Turner. Pretty even contest uh, the last quarter. Turner versus Barham, two speedsters, but not having a great... Uh, uh, any any uh, big influence on the game at this stage. A spiral punt by uh, Barham sends it back towards the half forward line. Mossop is there for Geelong. Comes down towards uh, Boz again. He gets it uh, smothered off the boot. Picked up by Dacos. Dacos drives it back in towards the forward pocket. But in there for Geelong was Malaki. Malaki tried to take the mark but recovered well and picked it up and kicked it towards the centre of the wing where it's coming uh, towards Taylor. Taylor of Collingwood kicks it to centre half forward. Up towards centre half forward it is. But the Geelong defence, gee, it's solid. Hand pass comes out wide. Maggie's uh, failing to make any real impression against this strong Geelong uh, defensive zone as Nan Curvis takes the hand pass. Gee, it's brilliant football. Comes across towards... Uh, who is that over there, Rex? We'll get the yes, hand pass towards uh, Featherby. Featherby up towards centre-half forward and goes goalward. It's coming in. It's coming back. And that's a great goal to Peter Featherby. <laughs> Wonderful football by the Cats. That's his second goal. And there was an inspiration over there. I failed to pick up the runner over there on the outer wing, but uh, found the hand pass coming across towards Featherby. It was uh, Stephen Lunn again, who really, uh, uh, when he came on in that third term to replace Bright, who he kicked three goals himself, and he's been a real speedster and has opened up that uh, Geelong forward line remarkably. Geelong 16, 14, 110 to Collingwood 11, 18, 84. 17 minutes have gone in the uh, final quarter at the MCG in the qualifying final. And the official attendance down here today, 83,899 people seeing a blistering performance from the Cats. Moore got it out of the centre, down towards Kink. Kink's at centre-half forward. He's running around in circles. Finally gets back on his left foot and kicks it high. Down there for Geelong is Jeffries. Jeffries punches the ball away. In there for Geelong is Mark Yates. And there's a scrambler player. And umpire Suez says, give it to me, boys, and I'll bounce it up. 18 minutes into the final quarter with uh, 84 points to Geelong, uh, to Collingwood, and they trail Geelong on 110. Up goes the ball. Moss have got the ball down towards uh, his team player, but it's picked up by Dacos. This is pretty close. I think it's a goal. It is. Dacos's fourth goal. And Collingwood's 12th goal. And there's still something in this match, perhaps. Because Dacos uh, today has kicked four goals, five for Collingwood, and he's been by far their most effective uh, forward. And on the 3AW Marlow scoreboard, Geelong a 16, 14, 110, leading Collingwood 12, 18, and that's a total of 90. Well, the Magpies have certainly had the opportunities in this final term. They've kicked three goals to Geelong's two, but still it's 20 points the difference. Geelong kicking towards the Jolly Mon end, which has really been the scoring end 
in this game. Now, Mossop is on the ball. He's come away from full forward. He's been away from that post for about uh, 15 minutes now. In fact, almost uh, this entire last term. And up towards centre-half forward, his kick has found Turner marking. A short pass across towards the flank. And there's Lunn again. He was the fellow we missed a moment ago coming down the outer flank and this time he's swung his direction across towards the members flank and he's quite conspicuous actually. Now Lunn has the chance to goal from here. He's uh, on an angle of 45 degrees, 35 metres out, but his kick is astray. Behind only to Stephen Lunn to make his tally three goals. One and uh, add the 15th behind to the Cats. They're 16, 15, 111 to Collingwood, 12, 18, 90 at the 19-minute mark of the, on the Downs 3AW scoreboard. Peter McCormick uh, favours the members' side with the torpedo punt kick. The ball is punched away from Turner, but it comes down towards uh, its Barham. But uh, nicely tackled by uh, Bruns with the scramble of players. And, Lund and Bruns got into the top of uh, Barham and Ricky Barham. Limping as usual, is going to take the free kick half-back flank member's side of the ground. He sees Worthington on his own in the centre of the ground. He kicks it to him rather nicely. He's under pressure from Nan Curvis, but the free kick must be there because Nan Curvis didn't go for the ball. And at this stage, they can probably afford a free kick to slow the game down. Worthington doesn't waste any time and kicks the ball long to centre-half forward where Collingwood have been uh, very quiet today. No forwards except for Dacos and Pickin in the second half where a scramble of players results and umpire Ian Robinson will bounce the ball again. 20 minutes gone. Collingwood at 12-18-90. Trailing Geelong 16-15-111 as Robinson bounces the ball on the outer side of the ground. In there for Collingwood was Atkin. He, he knocked the ball down towards Allen. He... Uh, Finally gets a hand pass across to Tony Shaw, who's on his right foot, but he's hooked it right across goal, over the line and out of bounds on the full, and it looks like uh, it will be Malaki to take the resultant free kick. Jack Hawkins just picking up and giving the ball to Malaki, who will relieve the pressure for Geelong. This is 3AW's coverage of the qualifying final at the Melbourne Cricket Ground with our match uh, described today out at VFL Park by Harry Beitzel and Bill Jacobs. But this one at the MCG, the qualifying final between Geelong and Collingwood, the winner to play Carlton next week in the uh, second semi-final. Magpies in attack at present, umpire Robinson comes in and he's called for a bounce with the ball about uh, 35 metres out from the Collingwood goal. Right on the boundary line, big pack of players... 16 or so of them gathered round the, the ball. The bounce favours favors, uh, Blake, and he goes for the big thump, finds the safety of the boundary line, and there'll be another throw-in. Players certainly starting to get very tired. Blistering pace set by the Geelong team in that second term, and the, and the Collingwood players well and truly in pursuit as Blake again goes for the, the, uh, the punch and the boundary line. And uh, with 20 minutes played, that's not such a bad policy. Just controlling the game now the Cats with a lead of 21 points here's the knock again but taken out of the air by Atkin and Atkin must take the free kick he hand passed to uh, Shaw but a good decision there by Robinson because he had blown time on and uh, the free kick will come back to Stuart Atkin Atkin within scoring distance he's 35 maybe 40 metres out kicking towards the Richmond end of the ground favoured by what is now a very very light breeze indeed it's certainly dropped well away as Atkin, this is a most important shot for goal for the Magpies with uh, 22 minutes gone now. Atkin firing from a distance of about 40 metres. It's right onto the goal line, knocked through, and yes, the hands of the umpire go up, indicating that it was touched off hands. A couple of cans coming out over the, over the fence, but certainly it looked okay from here. Now Malarkey gets the little tap away. 
finds Bruns, and Bruns takes the ball out of defence for the Cats, out wide, looking for Peak and finding that player there. Disposal is immaculate. Geelong. Peak taking plenty of time up towards half forward, seeing it out wide, looking over there for Reynoldson, but uh, behind it's the Collingwood player and it's Renee Kink. So Kink with the mark, 23 minutes gone, Geelong lead 111 to 91. Kink kicks a big kick down towards centre half forward, but over the top for Collingwood and marking it well was Wiedemann. Wiedemann played a good first quarter, but he's been quiet since, but that was quite a good mark amidst strong opposition from Jeffries and also Blake. He sees uh, Allen in short there, but puts him under great pressure. The strong Geelong defence through Whitkin comes out and relieves well. Oh, they're playing well. They've punched the ball clear again uh, through uh, Reynoldson, who moved up towards the centre wing position when he saw that, uh, that his team player in uh, two he was in a bit of trouble and they're teaming particularly well together as the umpire throws the ball back in this time Moore gets it down towards his player in uh, Byrne but unfortunately for him it came out towards Peak and Peak kicked it towards the centre wing position Tony Shaw intercepts for Collingwood and gets the ball over towards Magro Magro getting the hoots again kicks it high it's going to land right in the forward pocket over the back was Hawkins Hawkins thumped it clear of Stuart Atkin and has gone through another behind for the Collingwood side that makes them now 12 goals, 20. A total of 92 points. And they trailed Geelong 16-15-111. And that's a 3 out of Marlowe scoreboard. And uh, it's Malarkey to kick the ball back into the centre of the ground. Oh, and a lovely mark. Great mark taken there by Jack Hawkins. Goes out wide, slowing the play down to Nan Curvis. That's Ian Nan Curvis. Up towards half forward. Chance for Featherby. Lovely mark, Peter Featherby. Beautiful mark. Featherby has the chance to direct it back in towards centre half forward. They're playing with the Collingwood defence now. And that's uh, Lunn again. Lunn at centre half forward. A wobbly sort of kick off the side of the boot. But uh, Fortune, as Rex said earlier today, favours the bowl. And it finds Bruns coming across into the forward pocket. So Bruns right on the boundary line, 20 metres out. That would be it. And we've got a perfect view of this shot for goal. You'll have to bring this one back, being a right footer. Here's the kick. No, it's gone right across the face of goal. The big fellows are called for over there. Mossop and Moore. And it's off hands and out of play. So Geelong 16-15, 111. Collingwood 12-20-92 in the dying stages of the qualifying final at the MCG. And the Geelong supporters, I hope you're listening to this uh, commentary when you're on your way back to uh, Geelong tonight because there's a lot of joy in it for you. Magro gets the hand pass across towards Barham. It's a long one. A 20-metre hand pass, that one was. Up towards centre now. But Hawkins from behind thumps the ball down as the police come onto the ground to patrol the, uh, the boundary area. Kink just trundling the ball on in front of him. He's a tired boy. Uh, Neil is in there. He goes down. There's a penalty for Geelong. And the little uh, Neil will take it. He's been a terrier all day. The two redheads, Bruns and Neil. And Neil has the ball in the centre of the ground in the dying moments. 25 minutes of play into time on, on the um, down scoreboard. And Geelong lead 111 to 92. Neil sees Peak on his own and he kicks it towards him and Peak takes the mark. Peak sees uh, Whitcomb on his own, kicks it across to the half forward line and Whitcomb has taken the mark. Whitcomb goes back and kicks the ball well into the forward line. Over the top was Worthington but it came down towards Taylor and Taylor's going to relieve the pressure for the outer side of the ground but they need to go straight down the ground as Blake comes across and takes a scorcher. Oh, Andrew Smith was in the uh, van there but Blake kept his eye on the ball 
and Blake goes to play on and he's told to do so by the umpire and a tired player in Smith chases him but doesn't stop Blake driving in towards the forward line Mossop should have marked that one picked up by Bruns, a little red-headed terrier he has a snapshot but uh, Magro dives for the ball and in doing so knocks it further on and uh, Stephen Lund couldn't stop it going over the line and out of bounds as David said the police on the ground that's bad news for Collingwood I mean up to 26 minutes into this last quarter as umpire Carberry throws the ball in Moore goes up but he can't get the tap down finally Reynoldson gives it towards Scratch and Neal Scratch and Neal has a shot for goal and he's kicked the goal I think no the uh, goal umpire said no that McCormick marked it on the line it looked close here but he's the man in the position and McCormick uh, yes McCormick took the mark before it went over the, the uh, goal line 26 minutes of play gone in the last term as McCormick drives back towards centre half back. Look out, here comes Peak. Forces his way through, but the ball comes free to Moore, who's been very quiet in this last quarter. Back towards centre half back, finally gets the uh, kick, wheeling up towards the centre of the ground. But uh, Collingwood with no definite plan up in attack. They're in real trouble. Picking the hand pass clear to Atkin. Lovely bump there by Jeffries, and uh, the Magpies forced through Wiedemann to kick hurriedly up towards centre half forward. Not much interest left in this game now as the Geelong defence through Nan Curvis out to his brother and uh, gosh they came out so easily there Pete takes the mark over to Featherby the hand pass Featherby drops it in short little Lunn that's the mark play on Lunny off he goes plenty of pace from 25 30 metres out spears the ball back towards goal and he's just offline brilliant football Geelong and they're going to shake the life out of this flag there's no I doubt about that are. Geelong 16-16, 112 on the Downs and Suns scoreboard. Collingwood 12-20-92 as they played 28 minutes in this last term in the qualifying final at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Yes, Collingwood fans streaming out of the ground now, knowing full well that they're going to play the winner of the uh, elimination final at VFL Park earlier on this afternoon. As McCormick kicks it towards the centre of the ground looking for more. Unst away by Blake, picked up by Taylor and driven into the centre of the ground, but Jack Hawkins is there for, uh, for Geelong. Finally came out towards Reynoldson, but he was tackled. In fact, it was uh, Boz. He was tackled by, uh, it looked like Taylor, and Taylor takes a resultant free kick. Kicks it down towards centre-half forward, looking for Billy Pick, and it's knocked away from him. In comes Tony Shaw, taps the ball across to Allen, who's been quiet. He gives it across to Barham, and Barham has a quick shot for goal, but it's gone off the side of his boot. It's Whitcomb versus Pickin. This time, Whitcomb versus uh, Jeffries. Jeffries finally gets it out towards Malaki, who's under pressure, and he's overrun the ball, and a pack develops, and it finally is knocked over the boundary line and out of bounds by Malaki. And we've gone 28 and a half minutes into this final quarter, and Collingwood, 12-20-92, uh, trailing Geelong, 16-16-112. Here's the throw in Blake in front as he's been all day. Down to Nan Curvis, out wide. Brilliant football, that defence. Moore takes possession, has uh, support there from Kink, and Kink onto the left boot, up towards centre-half forward. And uh, it was a lovely kick to position by Kink, and the mark taken for the Magpies by Williams. Williams at centre-half forward. Unusual to see him with the socks up. That's why I've deliberated a while. There's a few of them uh, running around with uh, socks down today. Now Williams, a kick for goal. It looks a good one, but all too late for the Magpies as they'll go on and meet Fitzroy next week in the, uh, the first semi-final. And that should be another pressure game for the Magpies because Fitzroy have got an abundance of pace and that's where they've lacked today. 
Williams his second goal and Collingwood's 13th in the dying stages of this qualifying final. 13-20-98 to Geelong 16-16-112 and that's on 3AW's Downs and Sons scoreboard at the Melbourne ground. Umpire Saw is coming in at the 30 minute mark. Moore versus Blake. Blake once again down towards uh, Smith. Smith gets it across uh, towards his team player in, uh, it looked like at this stage, Toomey. Toomey gets a hand pass towards the centre-half forward position, but it's overrun by the Geelong players, and Bruce Nankervis comes in. He knocks it on, but Toomey comes in, kicks the ball off the ground. Up goes Moore, but the ball comes down towards the scrimmage of players, and umpire Soares says, give it to me. And I'll bounce the ball at the true centre-half forward position for Collingwood. Collingwood, far too slow, and uh, Geelong's hand pass and uh, kicking to position has been enormous here this afternoon. Blake again uh, gets a knockout, but there it is, and up go the hands for the Geelong players because they've won the game. This qualifying final at the MCG, and next week sees Geelong uh, play Carlton at VFL Park, and Geelong winning 16-16, 112, defeating Collingwood 13-20-98, and of course, that's a 3RW Marlow scoreboard. And Rex, you can take us through the goal scorers. Yes, goal kickers for Geelong. John Mossop, a brilliant display at full forward and in the ruck with seven goals. Three to Stephen Lunn, two each to Reynoldson and Featherby, and one each to Whitcomb and Bruns. For Collingwood, Dacos kicked four. Barham and Williams kicked two each, and these players kicked one goal. Tony Shaw, Kink, Wiedemann, Picken and Atkin. Well, it's uh, pretty easy to run through the Geelong best players. In fact, it's very hard to leave any of them out. Terry Bright left the ground uh, close to half-time, and... Uh, he, of course, can't figure in, in the best. Malarkey did everything asked of him. Michael Turner on the wing, probably uh, half forward at least. Uh, one of the perhaps quieter players, although he played a serviceable game. Mossop, of course, with his seven goals for Featherby in and out of the game. Certainly didn't have nearly the possessions that we're used to from Peter Featherby. Tui played a serviceable game at half-back. Blake controlled the knockouts, if not the marking around the ground. Reynoldson, of course, a star at centre-half forward. Whitcomb, as soon as he came on the ground, had an influence on the game and uh, took the points on the wing. Bruns became the best rover on the ground, I thought, ahead of Tony Shaw. Yates, a star on the wing. Jeffries on the back line. Mark Boss at half-back. Hawkins at centre-half back. In fact, it was a dominating back line. There's no doubt about that. Brian Peake, I thought, broke even with Williams in the centre. Uh, Richard Murray uh, turned in a poor performance early on, and he ended up on the interchange bench not to reappear. Bruce Nankervis, a steady game. Robert Neal in and out of the game. Stephen Lunn, a real star uh, by kicking three goals when he came onto the ground, and Ian Nankervis, his usual game in the back pocket. Perhaps you'd like to look, uh, as we look down on the two coaching panels, uh, Billy Goggin leading the Geelong hierarchy off the ground to the cheers of uh, the supporters and a sympathetic round of applause for the uh, the Collingwood Braves Trust as they go off the ground. And Rex, just to uh, finalise here, we'll have a look at the Magpie best players and perhaps predict just what might happen next week. Yes, it's very hard to find uh, Collingwood good players. I suppose uh, their best player would be Tony Shaw, the Rover. Uh, Peter Moore did a lion-hearted job all day against the odds of Blake and Mossop. And then I suppose you have to put Dacos in your best players, although he was uh, overshadowed for quite an amount of the game. He still kicked four goals. And a couple of players that played the last half well for Collingwood were Pickin and Magro. But generally, Collingwood run off their feet this afternoon by the Geelong side, and I can't see them improving uh, enough next week to defeat Fitzroy. But still, 
uh, Collingwood, uh, if ever they've got any fighting spirit, they better start showing it next week because uh, they could do a Geelong this year and have two games for two finals and out. Well, what of the Geelong team? Uh, they come up against Carlton. That should be a magnificent match next week. Yes, uh, well, Carlton have had a week's rest. They certainly have got some star players to come back, but on today's performance, Geelong would have to be uh, worthy finals contenders this year. Last year they were pretenders, but this year they are real contenders. Do you see any weakness in the Geelong team? Their pace and their marking strength would be the highlights of their team. Is there any little weakness that you can detect? No, I thought uh, the weakness was in their forward line, but today they had two focal points in Reynoldson and Mossop. I think, naturally enough, they're going to be under more severe pressure next week because the opposition are going to be uh, uh, making their plans to stop these two players, but I thought the kid Reynoldson came through with flying colours today, had a player of the colour pick, pick and moved off him, and of course Mossop had four opponents and could, uh, could have really uh, kicked 10 or 11 goals today, but uh, they were two surprise packets for, for Geelong, at the moment with their confidence high uh, I can't see really uh, you know that they shouldn't make the grand final a couple of highlights of play was the early break set up by Collingwood after Reynoldson had the first goal of the match at the five minute mark for Geelong Collingwood then added goals at the 8, 9, 14, 16 and 17 minute marks of the first term and they looked as though they could do anything. And the other highlight that completely changed the pattern of the game was the uh, five goal spree by John Mossop at the 1, 2, 13, 18 and 20 minute mark of the second term and from then on it was consolidation wasn't it? Yes, they, they played particularly well. Uh, they looked gone at quarter time. Billy Goggin revved them right up and of course uh, they, made, uh, they made Collingwood look second rate in that second quarter and Collingwood just couldn't stop them and uh, Hafey was just uh, uh, helpless in the coach's box because he was terribly undermanned and uh, as Gary Meadows said earlier on who wants to play on Mossop because he was just firing up the Geelong side with a tremendous individual effort. Well, we certainly hope you've enjoyed our coverage of the qualifying final. It has been our second match for the day, bearing in mind that Harry and Bill and Tommy and the boys were out at VFL Park to see Fitzroy defeat Essendon. And Fitzroy will go on now and play Collingwood next week in the first semi-final with the Cats playing Carlton in the second semi. So uh, it's uh, something novel. We hope you've enjoyed the coverage um, in this uh, replay of the qualifying final description. And uh, the down and Sons organisation, the makers of rope, twine and cordage and uh, also that magnificent Marlow yachting ropes uh, making them since almost 100 years now, 1888 brought this uh, description to you with their compliments. Hope you've enjoyed it, we'll do it again next week as well. Sign off from the MCG with Geelong winning the qualifying final, defeating Collingwood by 14 points. 16-16-112 to the Magpies 13-20-98 I'm a 27-point lead during the first quarter. How could you throw it away? Well, I don't think it was thrown away. I think the other side are a good side, and they came back, as you would expect. You know, and in football, particularly in finals, you'll get breaks, and the other side have got a... You know, they're, they're fighting desperately because they want to keep their hopes alive, and they just, you know, kick goals. You know, unfortunately, we just lost the ball out of the centre, which we were getting in the first quarter, and they got the ball quickly down to John Mossop, you know, who was in magnificent form, and I think the, the second quarter with him kicking those, what, five goals straight was probably the difference in the, in the you know, the long run. Billy, just about all year, it's been Blake at full forward and Mossop doing the uh, opening in the ruck. Uh, why the change? I think Blake's uh, gradually been getting into form. 
a lot of trouble with injuries. Uh, and also, I believe that uh, John Mossop at full forward is possibly a little bit better bet than Blake because of the fact that he can hold his ground better. Rod Blake seems to get pushed aside more easily than what John Mossop does. So uh, it's always been in the back of my mind to have it the other way around. Um, it was just a matter of having circumstances at the right time to change it around. Why did you then uh, not leave Mossop at full forward? When, uh, on, on In the last quarter? Well, I thought Rod Blake hasn't had a lot of ruck work throughout the year and uh, I felt he was starting to tire just marginally and uh, I thought that John Mossop would possibly give us a little bit of a lift in the, in the ruck because he's done well throughout the year there. But uh, Peter Moore was able to get over the top of John Mossop pretty well, which surprised me. Uh, but I felt that the 10-minute spell that Rod Blake had uh, off the ball helped him when he went back on because I thought he uh, livened us up again. Peter Moore, Tom, why did you uh, put Peter Moore to full back? Well, he had to have a rest, I guess, and also the fact was that the other fellow was just marking too brilliantly for every player that we tried there. I'd be interested to find out who you would have put there, Bob, or anybody would have put there. We'd already tried two players who had gone down against him, and, you know, it was just a matter of maybe Peter's height up against John Mossop's height, which is probably pretty similar, 6'6 six, six each, I think. Yeah, we're six foot. Um, I possibly would have tried Pickin and Worthington uh, because Pickin was down against Reynoldson, but uh, that was the way it was. Uh, Billy, do the slow starts uh, by your side worry you? Oh, yes, definitely. It's Yesterday's not the only time, is it? Oh, we've been starting pretty well, Bob. I think you go through throughout the year and you'll find that sometimes you start well and other times you, uh, you know, slow getting away. But, you know, when you get into finals, it's pretty crucial that you don't allow a side to get away like that. And I felt that... Uh, we were, I think we were pretending to, you know, play rather than really get in and get the hard ball. We are trying to uh, perhaps play like Geelong does at times and just let things roll along and not really get in and get the hard balls out. And Collingwood was showing us the way in that area, but I, I felt straight after uh, quarter time that, that changed and we started getting in at the pack level where Collingwood were getting it away. and. Uh, I felt that some of the Geelong players were just uh, well, just finessing around. They were just not really getting in hard. They were just more like saying, well, uh, is it, uh, is it get, does it have to be that hard to uh, to win the ball? And uh, it was to their credit they did change that. Billy, how did you go about your preparation prior to yesterday's game? Did you do anything different to normal? No, we keep along just about the same schedule all the time, but we don't do anything too much different. Uh, just... Uh, slight change, it's nothing drastic at all. Uh, we've been training now on firm grounds, which I think is an advantage to us, and uh, we've been doing that for two or three weeks and we'll continue to do so. Was there any form of motivation or such? Oh, well, yeah, we, we do that at times, Bob. Not all the time. Um, but uh, I think the uh, motivation that we needed uh, was a quarter time to just get together and change things around because whatever we did before the game apparently wasn't the right thing. Tom, it's been rumoured that uh, Collingwood are going to uh, get some outside help from an American uh, this week. Is there any truth in that? Oh, we always get help from everybody who we feel can help us. You know, there's many different forms, you know, but everybody at this stage of the year is terribly motivated because of finals. I don't think there's any uh, great real necessity, but, you know, we have got some, uh, you know, chap who's... Uh, 
is going to help us in some way, but it's not anything different to what we've done right throughout the year. One we, of the we were talked the other week by Herb Elliott, which was quite, you know, marvellous, and we've had many different ideas, and I think maybe uh, it mightn't have been the thing that was done in the past, but it certainly has helped us on, certain, on different occasions. One of the hallmarks of the success of Tom Hafey as a coach has most certainly been the the loyalty that you've shown to players. And, uh, you know, even the Collingwood supporters yesterday were saying, you know, can you keep playing players like Kevin Morris? Well, there's probably a lot of players that, uh, you know, probably could have been in the side if it come to that, but we took quite some time to select our side the other day. You know, sentiment doesn't enter into it. You know, it's just a matter that we felt that the player was the player, you know, for or the best player for the spot, and that's the way it worked. Well, it didn't work out that way, of course, but we took a long time to select the team and, you know, I guess that uh, it may not have been the sort of side that everybody would have selected. But probably in the first quarter it looked like it was going to be good. But I don't think they're the reasons why we got beaten. I think I've already... I really believe that uh, the way Geelong got the ball out the centre was very vital to getting the ball quickly down to John Mossop. And I'd like to hear what uh, Billy's got to say on the same thing. I think he would practically agree. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want Tom's problems. Glad <laughs> <laughs> that uh, after the game, your club president John Holt said the club were considering um, taking action over the uh, Terry Bright uh, affair. That was set in the heat of battle, possibly. Um, how do the club feel about things now that they've settled down? Oh, I still think they're pretty disappointed at what happened, but I'm pretty doubtful that there is going to be any action taken. This particular, so I don't think I think it'll just uh, just be forgot or will, will be put aside anyhow. Tom, um, players that were out yesterday: uh, Stewart, Davis, Ray Shaw. Um, is there any chance of those players being available next week? Oh, I would say so, Bob. I think uh, the three players would be definite possibilities. We've trained already this morning, and um, you know, quite brightly, and I think that they would be, uh, you know, under consideration. How much of uh an advantage or a spur is it to you that Fitzroy had a great win at Victoria Park just a couple of weeks ago? Yes, well, finals are different, of course, you know.